And our obligations are to stand up for what the Word of God says, including, you know, candidates running for, for government. I don't think a, a pastor has to stand up in the pulpit and endorse a candidate or endorse uh, even a party, but say, you know, choose wisely. Welcome, everybody, to the Run the Rays podcast. Uh, it is uh, just a few weeks away from Thanksgiving. And uh, the big thing right now is, as this podcast episode comes out, uh, it is Election Day. Hopefully, this will come out on Election Day on Tuesday. And uh, it's very important. Uh, hopefully, you go out and vote if you haven't already. Uh, you know, A record number of people from here in Georgia and really all over the nation have early voted. So, so important uh, to do your civic duty, get out and vote, no matter what you believe. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, I'm looking at some stats, some interesting things from Pew Research. It says 45% of Americans say that the U.S. should be a Christian nation, but one in three Christians do not vote consistently. So I know it's something that, uh, you know, a lot of pastors have talked about, a lot of churchgoers have talked about, and, and, you know, different voting blocks across the nation. So it's important for your voice to be heard because, Kind of my philosophy is if you don't vote, it's hard to complain because you, you didn't kind of participate in the process. Well, someone who, uh, who talks about that on a consistent basis, being a part of the process and uh, kind of standing for your Christian rights is a friend of mine, Lynn Alderson, who is our guest for today's Run the Race podcast. Uh, she and her husband, Ed Alderson, are the founders of Kingdom Authority uh, Ministers Incorporated, an apostolic training and equipping hub. Their goal is to train, equip, impart, and activate people and organizations to fulfill their God-given destiny. That's what we all want. We want well, what, is, what does God want in our life? What is his will for us? What is our destiny? They are both ordained ministers and commissioned apostolic leaders. And we're going to talk about that word because, you know, uh, you may think apostolic. What does that mean? Well, we're going to talk to Lynn about that. And uh, a lot of other things, including politics and prayer, church involvement with the elections, you know, uh, mixing family and church and, and balancing all those things. She also has a passion talking about destiny and uh, the, the plan that God already knows. But it's, it's a daily walk that we live out while we're here on earth, whether it be for, for 40 years or for 100 years or whatever. And also being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We're going to talk about that. Some other things to know about Lynn. Uh, she and I actually served on a board for a local nonprofit here, Take the City, uh, that became a nonprofit, and we became some of the first board members for uh, for six years. And they do some amazing work doing outreach, not only in Georgia and this uh, community of East Alabama and West Georgia, but also really all over the world doing things in Africa now as well. Lynn and her husband, Ed, serve as the USHAPN, that's Heartland Apostolic Prayer Network Directors, providing leadership and oversight in the national network. They are also the North American Continent Directors for GPEC, that's the Global Prayer and Empowerment Center. Lynn also serves as the Georgia State Prayer General for both HAPN, we mentioned earlier, and the RPN, the Reformation Prayer Network. She also serves as an apostolic coordinator for uh, the Strategic Prayer Apostolic Network, or SPAN. They both live in Columbus, Georgia, which is where I am right now recording this podcast, and they have four children and nine grandchildren. And uh, so without further ado, thank you so much, uh, Lynn Alderson, for uh, uh, taking some time being with us today. Thank you, Jason. So honored to be joining in today and in such a strategic time for our nation. And you're in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, uh, at, uh, we're doing some ministry work there. I know uh, some of your grandchildren are, are on the other side of Tennessee from you. So I guess, yes. but you 
do a lot of you and your husband do a lot of traveling for ministry as well, right? We do. We do. We're itinerant ministers and we have a lot of uh, ministries and, and businesses and people that are connected with us. And what we do is we serve them. So we travel and with our uh, prayer networks that we serve, we travel throughout throughout the nation. I definitely want to talk about politics and prayer. That's top of mind right now with the election. And who knows when we're going to get the results and find out about not only, you know, the Georgia governor's race and governor's races all over the nation and Alabama, but also, you know, the the huge, you know, shift in power potentially for the Senate, for the U.S. House of Representatives. But, uh, you know, I mentioned in your intro, you know, you a lot of the titles you have and groups and ministries you're a part of, the, the word apostolic is in there. So tell me about what that word means, because I, I'm not sure if you're the 13th apostle or disciple, or I guess not officially. <laughs> well, it tells us in Ephesians that the, the, the fivefold ministry is there for the work, uh, to equip the work uh, of the saints. So the, the fivefold apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists um, are gifts from a, a piece of who Jesus was that function here in the earth. And so we're really familiar with pastors and teachers and evangelists and then prophets and apostles. But the word uh, apostolic is actually the Greek word apostolo. And what it means is to be sent forth or sent on a mission. And so, you know, we're all here on assignment from the Lord. And the truth is we're really called to be all, we're called to be apostolic people. We're sent on a mission from the Lord. And in Roman days, they would they would send, and the, the word was apostolos, they would send a team to a region to transform that region to look like Rome. And what then that that was called apostolos. And so really isn't that what Jesus commanded us to do is to, to go in and transform areas, to transform culture to look like the culture of heaven. So that's really, if you if you boil it down to it, it means sent on a mission by God. Yeah, well, we all would like to see heaven on earth. I mean, one day it will it will officially happen, but that's that's we don't know when that will happen. But uh, Jesus is coming back. We believe that for sure. Um, well, you know, obviously, as this uh, podcast, if people are listening to it on election day, which is when uh, the release of this podcast is. Um, you know, it's a, it's you know, people are going out to the polls, voting uh, already record numbers, uh, like I mentioned, for early voting and absentee ballots. Um, so uh, I, we, we can't we're not going to be talking necessarily about specific candidates or races, because I know as for me, as a, as a you know, unbiased uh, journalist, uh, you know, I, I stand by that and, and other people can say whatever they want. But, you know, we you know, uh, but we, we can talk about some of the issues. And yeah. and um, so the first thing is. I guess, um, and this is something, you know, maybe directly for people, whatever their faith is, but maybe, you know, specifically for, for Christians, how can and should biblical principles relate to what someone votes for or votes, votes against? What, how, how should they or can they line up? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I, I kind of would like to start with the fact that our government was founded based on Isaiah thirty three twenty two. And so the very foundation of our government started with, and let me just read that, Isaiah 33, 22 says, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. So the essence of Isaiah 33, 22 tells us that God is government. So there's a government of God, and our founding 
uh, forefathers used this scripture to form the three branches of our government, our executive branch, our legislative branch, and our judicial branch. And our founding forefathers also took into consideration biblical values when they founded our nation. And so I think it's important when we look at candidates that are up for election in seats of each of these, that we look at what are their values? Do they line up biblically with what the Bible says? Um, and and just look and see, like, and, and one of the biggest ones for me is life. Do they line up with life? We know that that God's word does. And so that for me, that's number number one. I think, you know, same-sex marriage, there's issues you can look at that clearly define if these candidates are lining up with what the Word of God says, because that's what we want ruling and reigning over our nation. You know, when government creates laws, whoever's in the governmental seat affects what laws are created. And when laws are created, it affects people's lifestyles. And people's lifestyles change culture. And that's what we've seen in our nation. And when the absence of the church in voting can cause us to lose the culture of our nation. And it's so important that we make our voice heard at the polls. What do you think, you know, you hear a lot about the excitement right now and uh, so many people voting beforehand because of that early voting opportunity. What do you think about that? What is it said in terms of there's a big chunk of registered voters that don't go out and vote? And that's not just, you know, Christian, that's just across the board. So what does that say about, you know, the I guess you might call, can call it an apathy, people just not involved in the process? Well, maybe it's a lack of understanding of our constitutional rights. I mean, our constant, that's part of our constitutional rights. And so I think it's a way of, I think if you don't vote, you can't, you can't even discuss and, and complain about who's in office. But I think it's part of our, uh, not just our constitutional right, but I think it's part of our responsibility as a citizen of the United States to vote and make our voice, and as a Christian, even more important that we make our voice heard for those who will line up with the biblical values. But I think there is an apathy. I think there's a, you know, my voice, my vote doesn't matter. It's, just, you know, it's going to, whatever happens, happens. Well, that case or raw mentality doesn't line up with, with what the word of God says. It says faith without works is dead. We have to go exercise our faith when we go to the voting polls. I mean, we have to, we have to know that our voice has, has a voice. And um, and that we have to exercise that right. And, you know, do you think that, you know, there's I mean, there's certain rules and laws you hear about separation of church and state. And sometimes, you know, pastors um, with, with a boldness or maybe they feel a word from God that they need to talk about, you know, political issues perhaps even, you know, Republican, Democrat stuff from the pulpit. And sometimes, you know, it's it's teetering. It's very close on. Is it is it something that's allowed to be done or not? Um, is that a, a tricky thing for the church? Because you talked about the church being involved in the process and and with elections. Is that a, a tricky thing? Because I know you've been involved with with churches for you know decades. Um, how, how do you handle that? So the separation of church and state was never intended to say that churches couldn't have a voice in the government issues. 
that that was actually put into place that the government couldn't mandate into the church. And so what happened was, you know, there was a, a piece of law passed by Johnson years ago that said if the church endorses candidates, then they are 501c3 or their tax exempt status could be taken away. Um, when when President Trump was president, he uh, negated that, but then it's been brought back in. So I think the the line there is their concern of losing their tax exempt status. And you know, my my take on that would be Jason that you know a pastor in the pulpit, it's his responsibility to shepherd his people through understanding our obligations as Christians. And our obligations are to stand up for what the word of God says, including, you know, candidates running for for government. I don't think a a pastor has to stand up in the pulpit and endorse a candidate or endorse uh, even a party, but say, you know, choose wisely, look for those, educate the people on what that looks like and how to how to go about. And there are organizations that actually true the vote put some information out, you know, Christian organizations that you can look and see uh, biblical issues, how they line up. So I think that's that's where the pastor should stand on it. I, I don't necessarily think they should endorse candidates or political parties, but I think they should stand up, especially for for issues like life. When we see that and we see a candidate that is in direct opposition for that, uh, pastors should stand in their pulpit and encourage their people to vote for what the Bible says. And with some of those, you know, controversial hot button issues that are, you know, uh, it talks about in the Bible, whether it be abortion, the right to life oh. or um, or same sex marriage. Um, and, and, and maybe a pastor talks about that. Is there I mean, not a fear or a danger, but as you know, you see sometimes people leave the church or they go to a different church because of that. Groups of people perhaps do that. So is that something that, um, you know, I'm sure pastors see and they care about. But um, is that kind of just, you know, standing on principles, you're going to there's going to be fallout from that. Uh, Absolutely, there could be. But the greater fallout would be from God himself, because fear of God, the reverence of God and the fear of God should overtake fear of man. You know, whatever the fallout might be from man should be nothing compared to what it might be from God. And I think pastors in particular, I think ministers are held to a higher level of accountability with God. Yeah. And I know, you know, uh, part of what you do, you know, prayer is at the center of it. And, um, and, and in terms of most of, or not all the ministries that you're a part of, um, and prayer should be the, the central focus for Christians in general. Uh, but so for an election like this, uh, what would you say to people about what to pray for um, and, and how to pray for this election? Because it's almost, you know, sometimes, you know, people pray for their sports team to win. They pray for their candidate to win. Um, and, you know, they think, OK, does God really care about this person winning this election or this team winning this sporting event? Um, so what what should they pray about? You know, what God's concerned about is the destiny of our nation. And so I think when we pray, we line up with, you know, Lord, what we want to come into alignment with what your plans and purposes are for the destiny of our nation or the destiny of our state or even our local government. When you're praying about your local government, you know, we want to come into alignment with what that looks like. 
And so, Lord, those candidates that line up with your biblical values, that that line up, that can further propel us into the the right uh, direction of our destiny, then, you know, your, your kingdom come and your will be done. And I don't think we mandate, um, you know, specifics of praying um, for or against any person because our battle is not against flesh and blood. You know, it's against principalities and the powers of darkness. And so if we start praying for and against four people, it, uh, we're, we're, it's a hit or miss. And uh, so I think, you know, the scripture that comes to mind, it talks about justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And so I think that's what, how we pray. We pray, Lord, we pray for those specific candidates that you have already determined in the book of the destiny of the nation for the United States of America that would help propel us in the right direction. Lord, we pray for those that would sit in those seats of authority that would guide and direct our nation according to your justice and your righteousness, because the end result is it's a foundation for the throne of the Lord to come and sit in our nation. And do you think that, you know, obviously, you know, it talks in the Bible a lot about the Middle East and, um, you know, international relations um, and, and, you know, kind of where Jesus was in Israel, where I had the opportunity to go a decade ago and walk where he walked. Um, do you think those issues are should be maybe or can be at the forefront for Christians in terms of, you know, national security and standing with Israel? Are those things that I mean, they may not be top of mind right now that right now may be the economy or even for some people maybe abortion but do you think those things you know having uh, that strong military national security uh, the border but also you know standing with israel do you think those things are something that folks need to think about christians in particular yeah i would think especially israel um because scripture tells us that those who bless israel will be blessed and those who curse israel will be cursed and that that's pretty clear. And I believe that not only should we have a love for Israel as Christians, but we should stand for Israel. And so I think it's very important. I think that's one of the things we should look at with candidates is, is what is their stand um, with Israel? The more that the nation, our nation is partnered in defense Israel, the more blessings from the Lord will receive. So to me, that's that's a number one international issue. But I, I think it's important to look at all of it. Um, but if we're going to talk about, you know, and again, I want to go back to, to say that, you know, God has a plan for America. I mean, even from the very beginning of the foundation of it, there was a plan set in place. And we need to pray in line with that. Not what our desires are or not what we think, because God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts aren't our thoughts. But when we pray in that direction, he will begin to line things up. And kind of uh, not election related, but prayer related, uh, as we were talking about that, it uh, makes me think about sometimes whether somebody is has been a Christian all their lives or maybe they're a new Christian or, or a young man or woman, um, you know, how, you know, people sometimes, you know, think, okay, well, I, I don't know the words to say, or it's weird because I'm not praying to someone that's right there in front of me, you know, and so um, sometimes they think they have to pray a certain way. What would you tell folks just from layman's terms way about, you know, kind of what prayer is and, and is there a right or wrong way to do it? Well, I would say prayer in its simplest terms is communicating with the Lord. 
and there's no right or wrong way to do it. And there's different kinds of prayer. You know, there's, you know, when you're individually communicating with the Lord about your individual life or your, your family, um, you know, that's different from like what we, what we, what we do and what I, uh, I call it is governmental intercession when we begin to pray into the governmental realm of God's government. But, you know, just as simple as communicating with the Lord and praying to the Lord, you know, and, and, and then listening because communication is a two, two way part. If, you know, one person speaks, one person listens. And so I think it's important that not only when we pray that we, we share with the Lord what's on our heart um, and, and, but then also listen to him. What is he saying to us? There are times that the Lord desires, and this is where intercessors come into play, to pray things through. And so the Lord will lay a burden, an intercessory prayer burden on intercessors that they'll begin to pray things through to manifest on the earth. And so it looks different for all different kinds of people. You know, our personalities are different. The way we communicate is different. And I find it interesting, the more we travel and the more people we get to know, God he communicates with us like on our level, you know, and even though he's this big, you know, mighty God, he communicates us with on such a personal level, the way we would understand it and the way, you know, that makes it, and he's even fun. I mean, God is so fun and, you know, in some of the ways that he communicates with us. So I would say, don't make it a, um, a, a religious checkbox that you say, you know, I prayed to God today carve out five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and just sit with the Lord and just, you know, pray, share your heart with them. And then say, Lord, I just want to hear what you want to say to me today. Yeah. And when you say intercessors, I mean, these people uh, often, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know if they're that sometimes have that official title, but people that are called to pray for someone or something in particular. Yes, absolutely. I believe that you know, there, there's different types of intercessors and intercessors are called to pray for, you know, uh, some some businesses have intercessors. And this is interesting. Businesses actually hire intercessors to pray for their businesses because they believe there's this, this supernatural connection. And they, they pray not only what the business owners may tell them, but they sit and listen to the Lord. How should I pray for this business? Uh, we have intercessors in 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 our Pray Georgia ministry. Um, we have intercessors throughout the state that are committed to praying for their cities, that are committed to praying for their regions and our state. And it's powerful collaboration when they come together because we have 159 counties in the in the state of Georgia. Um, yeah. So you know, imagine that if we had 159 people throughout that said, I commit to pay, pray for my county, you know, and be a gatekeeper for my county that, you know, when we come together, then we have all 159 gates of our state covered. Uh, that's powerful. Yeah. And you talked about one last thing on this, you talked about, um, you know, the power and importance of, you know, not just talking to God out loud or, or whatever with our thoughts, but listening as well. And yeah. you're not going to necessarily hear that, you know, from decades ago in the movies, the Charlton Heston God voice. I mean, you may not hear the voice of God or you may some sometimes you do. So uh, what is that like in terms of I mean, what is that for somebody maybe who's new to this or they, you know, um, and uh, they're they, they 
just become a Christian, newly saved? Um, what does that mean to listen to God? Yeah, well, you know, we're a triune being. So we have a spirit, um, we have our physical body, and then we have our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so when God speaks to us, other than an audible voice, which is, you know, very rare, but it does happen. Um, uh, if when he speaks to us, usually it's through our spirit, but he's going to access our senses, which is part of our, you know, physical body. So when we just say, you know, sometimes I just say, Lord, I just surrender my senses to you, you know, so that I can clearly hear, or I can clearly see some people see things in the spirit. Um, and so then I can clearly speak as well. And, uh, so you just, you hear in your spirit. And when you hear it, it's just, you know, it's like a knowing and, you know, and so I encourage people even to journal. Um, this is one of the ways we receive revelation is through just sitting and listening to the Lord. And so just sit there and, and say, Lord, I'm ready. I, you know, whatever you want to say to me, and you'll just begin to, you'll hear it in your spirit, but then it'll be access. It'll begin to access your mind where you can then process through it and get the information out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I listed off uh, the different uh, ministries that you and Ed are are part of, have been a part of for a while, but you also are founders of Kingdom Authority Ministries and training and equipping. So tell me about kind of what are some of the main things that that you do, like when you travel and whether it be to conferences or go to churches or talking to different groups, is that something, what what is the, the main mission or like action that you're taking? So our mandate from the Lord, when, when he gave us, you know, the name Kingdom Authority Ministries and, you know, we were in, uh, in ministry before Jason, you know, I served at a church for 10 years before we actually stepped into, to our own ministry. But, um, the, the scripture was, uh, uh, in, uh, first Corinthians four ten or four twenty says for the kingdom of God is more than just mere words. It's about power. And so, and he said to us, he said, I'm calling you to serve my kingdom leaders. And so our mandate is really to serve the destiny of kingdom leaders. And we do that through, you know, being with them, strategizing with them, praying with them and over them. We provide an apostolic prayer covering where we pray for those that are connected with us. And so we travel to them and we're, that's why we're here in Pigeon Forge. We're here visiting with one of the churches that is connected with us. And uh, I, I spoke yesterday morning and we met with their staff earlier today. And tonight I'm teaching at their ministry school. So it's a part of just equipping and that, that word equip, you know, back to that scripture in Ephesians, that word equip is, is the Greek word catechismos. And that actually means to snap into alignment, like a chiropractor, you'd go get an adjustment. And so what it really means, what, you know, we talk about, we help snap, people into their destiny or ministries into their destiny, our businesses is entered to their destiny. And so that's what we do. That's our mandate. And Pray Georgia is a ministry of kingdom authority. And we actually serve other ministries in that. So we're a collaborative ministry and we represent four other prayer networks in that. And by doing that, we're serving the destiny of what God's called them to do. Um, and it's just amazing because we, you know, as as a nation, when you look at 50 states, uh, you know, on a national level and you have leaders in all 50 states, when we come together and we come as one and agree, it's very powerful in the spirit. 
So we can we can call it Lynn Alderson Apostolic Chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. New title. We'll snap, snap things into alignments. I like That's that. <laughs> Um, and when you go and um, I mean, this, you know, obviously it could be pastors, church members, businesses that you're talking to, um, you know, as we you know, are on this election day, um, as this episode comes out, you know, have you had a chance to talk to, to leaders, whether it be on the state level, national level? And how do they respond to, you know, you talking to them about God and about prayer? Because sometimes it's a they have to kind of walk that careful line when it comes to religion and, and politics. Yeah, well, well, most of the um, ones that we run with are pretty passionate about yeah. the kingdom. And so, you know, I think that's really kind of the difference, Jason. It's is your focus on the church or is it on the kingdom? You know, are we building the church? Or are we building the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And, you know, God never called us to build a church. He called us to build his kingdom. And so when we have that mindset and we have that understanding, there's a boldness that comes with sharing um, the true gospel as it relates to even government in, in the natural realm. Yeah. And you were talking just a, a few, few minutes ago, maybe think about destiny and yes. about how let's want to know, like, okay, you know, sometimes we, we wish we would know, okay, what's my life going to look like five years from now, 20 years yeah. from now, or, or a lot of people, you know, especially as Christians, do you think about what's it going to be like in heaven? You know, you know, we, we, we are saved. We believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and savior. And that means we have everlasting life. I mean, we're here on earth, you know, an average of 75 years for, for people these days, which is really a blink of an eye. Yeah. So, you know, and I understand you had an experience yourself that really taught you about how, you know, um, things were already written in the book of heaven that was about Lynn Alderson. And it's just, but it, but still, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're apathetic and just kind of, okay, it is what it is, but That's right. you're walking that daily, right? That's right. Yeah. I, years ago, I um, became frustrated. I was at a point where I had had these words that had been spoken over my life and what I felt the Lord had promised me. And, and I wasn't there. And I began to ask the Lord, why, why am I not there? I mean, all these things. And, and, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night one night and, um, I heard three words and the words were your daily destiny. And so, um, I roll, I was like, well, that's good. And I rolled over and went to sleep. And after the third time, the Lord woke me up, I got up and he began to speak to me about how I looked at destiny as a, as a destination, like I'm here and my destiny's way out there. And I'm like, how do I get there? How do I get there? And the, the Lord said, you get there by your daily walk. So you have a destiny every day that takes you down the path to that, to that destination, but it's an ever increasing destination. You know, scripture says we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So our destiny is a walk of that. We're constantly moving down the path. And um, I was listening to Lance Wall now one day and uh, on an interview and uh, the question they, they said, Lance, we know people ask you all kinds of questions, but what's the number one question people ask you? And he said, well, the number one question people ask me is how do I know what my destiny or calling is? And he said, well, what do you tell them? And he said, well, I tell them that they're what whatever they're the most passionate about doing is probably connected in some way to their destiny. And so I thought, wow, that's really, really powerful. And I knew that I, yeah, I have always been passionate about the kingdom and about helping other people. And, you know, for years, the 
the words spoken over me where you're a leader of leaders, you're a leader of leaders. And, and so, and that's, that's kind of where we, where we are now, but you know, Jason, it was 10 years when the Lord told us we'd have a ministry before we went into ministry. And so it was a preparation period um, that we had to go through, but the, you know, scripture tells us all the days of our life are written in the book of heaven. Mm. And so God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. And if we'll take time to seek him daily and say, Lord, instead of thinking, you know, I'm here and I need to be way over there every morning, say, Lord, what is my destiny for today? Who do you want to put in my path today? It could be somebody at the grocery store. It could be somebody at the restaurant. It could be somebody in your workplace or somebody in your family, because God wants us to be ministers of the gospel everywhere we go. And so I just think it's important that, and it changed my whole perspective changed my whole mindset that my destiny is all wrapped up in what I do today. You know, he says, don't worry about tomorrow today. And oftentimes, you know, we're so, like you said, focused on the finish line or maybe even focused on our past, but focused on, okay, okay. This challenge, we're going to get to it, but uh, it's often, you know, or or not often, but maybe all the time. And we don't realize it is it's the journey. It's the journey to get there. And, and, and God, you know, talks about that in the Bible, you know, in Jesus. And, and then once you get to the finish line, I mean, it's not, the, it's not finished. It's, 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 it's always, I mean, at least from, from our perspective, what we Absolutely. believe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you also, you know, speaking of the, the finish line or kind of for us, you know, as, as Christians, as believers, you know, you, um, you know, it's uh, heaven obviously is, is the goal. And, 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 and we hear about it, you know, in the Bible. So tell me about, you know, what, um, you know, uh, you know, being a citizen of the kingdom, we, we're citizens right now in the United States in America. And, you know, we, you know, have our IDs and we are officially, we're born here. We live here. Um, right. What, what is, how does that differ from being a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Cause that's, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess it's hard for us to fathom what that's going to be like. Yeah. Well, it already is like that. I mean, we, that already is. And if it, let me read this to you, Ephesians two nineteen says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. And and I love what the Passion uh, Translation says about it. It says, so you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. So when we come to know Jesus, we already are incorporated into the, the kingdom of heaven. We're citizens of the kingdom. In other words, our spirit, remember I talked about being a triune, a third, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Our spirit is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven already. And there are rights and responsibilities connected with that. Our rights and responsibilities as a citizen of the United States are dictated in the Constitution of the United States in the Bill of Rights. It lays out what our rights and responsibilities are. Well, there's a Constitution of the Kingdom. It's called the Word of God. And if you look in that Word, it clearly dictates how we are to live our life as Kingdom citizens. And I think that that if we really understood that, then there wouldn't people wouldn't be complacent about going to the polls and voting because. You know, it's our right. It's our responsibility as the as a kingdom citizen 
to uphold the constitution of the kingdom, which is the word of God. And there's standards in there. It, there's disciplines in there. We, we, we're, you know, we need to obey the word of God and we need to apply the truth of it to our situations and our circumstances. That's really what voting does. It takes what we know is truth, the word of God, and it applies it to this circumstance. We already are citizens of the kingdom of God. It's just at some point when our body no longer resides here on the earth, you know, then our body won't, you know, will, and at some point we'll be joined with that. But our spirit already, it says we're seated in Christ in heavenly realms. Our spirits, we already are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, I mean, it's like you were saying earlier, you know, some people think, oh, my vote doesn't count. So what what does it, what does it matter? Um, but, you know, kind of I, if you have that mindset right. and you and you that like that, hey, listen, I don't have to wait. I'm already a citizen of heaven. I need to live like that while I'm here on earth, not just wait till I'm in heaven. And, you know, knowing that like, okay, some people say I have limitations. I'm a human being, you know, with my emotions and physically, I can only do so much. And, and, but, you know, we're given power through the Holy spirit. So do you think that like you have that mindset that I am a, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God of heaven, kingdom of heaven, uh, while we're here, you know, living where, however old we are, whether we're 25 or do you think that really can um, create a whole new level for someone? Oh, absolutely. I think it's our understanding of the authority that he's given us because he tells us that he's given us the keys to the kingdom, you know, and he didn't give us those keys to the kingdom to wait to use them till we get to heaven. You know, we need to use them right here as kingdom citizens um, that we have the keys to the kingdom. And it says, whatever we bind and, on earth is bound in heaven and vice versa. We can bind, we can loose. We have the authority. He said, all authority has been given to us. So we have the authority as citizens of the kingdom of heaven to lock and unlock and forbid and permit those things in our families, in our cities, in our state, and in our nation. When we really understand that, then our nation will shift into the fullness of the destiny called God's called our nation to be a light to, to the earth, to the entire globe. Listen, we're in, in one of our networks, it's an international network and we have leaders in different um, nations that pray for the United States of America because they know that the United States of America has a destiny on it to be a light to all of the other nations of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, maybe may I think it might have been Ronald Reagan that talked about being a light um, on the hill, uh, you know, yeah. a light in the. Um, and uh, you know, with all the uh, the traveling you you guys do, you and Ed, and and obviously staying very busy with different ministries, um, you have another title as well that's important. So, do, are they are you called Gram Grandma Grana? I Gigi. Um, I'm a Gigi. You're Gigi. Okay. So how do you how do you balance that with you know obviously. You want to you want to um, have great ministries, but you also want to have a great marriage. You want to be a great mom and Gigi. Um, so how do you um, balance all that and prioritize that? Because obviously, you know, you want to put God first, but obviously family is extremely important as well. Yeah. Well, God is first and family second and ministries third. So, you know, um, our relation, our relationship with God, let me put it that way. Ministry is how we walk out our assignment from God. So God, family, ministry, um, you know, one of the things that uh, a couple of years ago, 
um, I heard someone speak on sacred rest. And, and so I kind of implemented that. It's an amazing book called Sacred Rest. And, and I started implementing some of that, but also taking a Sabbath, trying to, you know, because we minister on the weekends, even though most people, their Sabbath day is either on Saturday or Sunday. For us, we're usually ministering. So we try to take a day of Sabbath rest during the week and then be intentional about trying to spend time. It's it's hard because all of our grandchildren aren't, you know, in the city where we live, but we try to be intentional and spend time with our family and and make it quality time, you know, when we when we do have time, because uh, we have nine grandchildren, so and they're they're spread out um, throughout the, the the southeast area, but uh, it is important. But they they love us and and they know we're serving the Lord, um, and we try to be there as much as we can for important events. Yeah, and you got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, the holidays, so hopefully get to kind of try to get the whole uh, yes. plan. And uh, and it's also a great opportunity, you know, to talk about God. I mean, sprinkle that in, you know, not that you have to preach at people or tell them, you know, you're doing wrong, you know, uncle so-and-so or whatever. But it's an opportunity just to kind of, like you said, shine a light, even for your family, which Absolutely. is sometimes the hardest to do because it's better to talk about faith than about politics around the Thanksgiving table, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> Could be, yes. Yes. A little safer, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lynn. Alderson, thank you so much for um, spending uh, some time with us today, about the last 40 minutes. And I know you guys are busy there. And and we thank you for all that you guys do, you and Ed. I know you sacrifice a lot for the kingdom of God while you're here on earth, while you're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And I want, I usually close out each podcast with prayer. And we talked about that today. So if you could uh, close us in prayer, that'd be great. Yeah. So thank you, Jason. It's just been an honor to be with you. And Lord, Absolutely. I just thank you for um, for all that you've done for us. And Lord, you you sent your only son, Lord, to us so that we could live this life, so that we could have access to the kingdom. And so, Father, we just thank you for that, first and foremost. And that when Jesus left, he said all authority had been given to us. So, Father, I just pray now for a release of the spirit of of. of wisdom and revelation and counsel, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, that it would permeate throughout each person that is listening to this today, Lord, that they would receive some uh, tidbit of revelation that they haven't heard before and that they would uh, lean on you as to how they could apply that to their lives, to their family, to their workplace, to their city, to their state, and to their nation. And Father, we thank you that you are calling forth your bride, your warrior bride, Lord, in this time to take their seat in the third heaven with you, Lord. You said we're seated with you in the heavenly places. And so, Father, we decree now from this place that your kingdom come and your will be done. We thank you for the shalom of the Lord that will rest upon our nation as election day comes and that... Uh, Lord, we don't trust in men and we don't trust in chariots. We trust in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And no matter who sits in the seats of government, that you were always in your seat. And Father, we thank you for that. And we just bless and honor you. And we bless Jason. We bless his family. And we thank you, Lord, for the influence that you've given him in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lynn. So uh, what, anything, uh, 
exciting coming up in terms of uh, ministry or kingdom authority ministries that you guys have coming up that maybe people can get involved in or? Well, actually, we're going to take a break over the holidays. We've been really, really busy and um, we uh, we've decided, yeah, during, during December, we're going to take a break and um, get back at it at the first of the year. So um, don't really have anything, you know, on the short term agenda, but um, would love for people to connect with us if they feel led to, you know, our website's kingdomauthority.us um, and you can find out about our Pray Georgia ministry there as well. Great, great. Well, again, thank you guys so much for for all you do and and uh, get some well deserve uh, uh, peace, uh, shalom, rest, everything yeah. that you guys well well deserve. I mean, because you, you, that's important too for folks yeah. like you talk there. You gotta take some time to to rest, or you're not going to be maybe any good for that ministry. So that's right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lynn. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason.